This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Triple Crown Jewelry. They make the nastiest jewelry in the game that will have you leading the league in drip. They have number pendants for athletes like me and you, allowing all of us to rep our jersey number on and off the field. They are available in silver and gold, and each number pendant comes with a free rope chain. You got that right. Free rope chain, you guys. Free. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. Their jewelry is top quality. And let me tell you guys, we got ours in, what, last week now? Yeah, last week. It's been about a week. I haven't taken mine off since. No, me neither, man. You know, it's um, it's cool, man. You know, I love I love the the chains we got. Um, yeah, man. When we play too, you know, you look saucy. So, <laughs> oh yeah, stay shining out there. Shining, look good, play good. So, if you're looking for a gift for yourself or another athlete for the holidays, this is the perfect holiday gift for any athlete. They have a special deal exclusively for our listeners. Use code STRETCH15 for 15% off of your order. Once again, that's a special code for you guys. Um, Place your order on the website and use code uh, STRETCH15 for 15% off your order. Visit TripleCrownJewelry.com today to shop the nastiest jewelry in the game. That's TripleCrownJewelry.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number eight of the seventh inning stretch with myself, Frankie Martinez, and Michael Rodriguez. As always, how you doing, brother? Good. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Lots been going on lately. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> We've been away for, for a few weeks now. Yeah, I was just gonna say for those of you who don't know, we've taken about a about a month break due to uh congratulations by the way. You having your little boy. How's that been? Thank you, kind sir. It's been definitely <laughs> an experience. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. So anything uh sure you're getting less sleep right now, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good time that he wakes up like fucking every hour. <laughs> i bet that's fun <laughs> yeah it's it's nice you know it keeps me humble that's what it does yeah definitely it makes you appreciate that sleep that you got a little oh, extra yeah. <laughs> but we're getting through it we're working it out and it's been a blast so far so wouldn't oh, have it any other way yeah definitely feels feels good to be back little little month break feels much needed but we're back we got some uh we got some special stuff coming for you guys. We got a great, uh, great episode this week, and we have a little special surprise. Mike, do you want to share that? Uh, I will actually. We've got a couple things actually that's going for us now. We've so, uh, we, for those of you listening, you might see it before we even post this up. This is probably gonna get posted at the same time, but we do officially have a merch store. Let's go. Yeah. Everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Every, everybody's been asking me. 
And I got some stuff in. I know, Frankie, I got you some stuff. Oh, yeah. I love so, it, dude. I love been, it. Can't we've been rocking them. I've been having people ask me when they can get some stuff. And we just been waiting to drop this episode. That way we can drop the store. Um, but, yeah, we will have there's, – there's sweaters on there. There's shirts. There's some beanies. There's a hat. Uh, we're probably going to add some more stuff a little later on. But for right now, that's what we've got. Uh, you know, we can't thank you guys enough for con- your continuous listening. So – you know, we hope, you know, even, hey, you don't have to buy anything. We're not forcing you to buy anything, <laughs> but we're just going to put it out there and let you know, hey, we've got merch. And if you want to represent, then more power to you. Yeah. Did you have that for those people that don't follow us on like Twitter or Instagram or anything? Do you have the, the website with you? I do. Yeah. It, uh, it's going to be posted. Uh, I'll make sure to post it in the description of this episode. Okay. Sounds good. So that way, if you're listening to the episode and you don't know where to go, if you don't follow any of us on social media or our Twitter, um, go ahead and it'll be in the description. You can click the link and it'll take you right to the store. Sounds good, man. Anything else before we get into it? <laughs> and then we've got a, it's not so much as a second podcast that's going, mm. but we've got a little project that we wanted to work on and you know we're, we're hoping everybody's going to use their voice to kind of express what you know what we're trying to do so basically what we're going to do is we're going to do little 30 minute segments and it's going to be the seventh inning stretch presents small business showcase so what we're going to do is we're just going to get some local people around here that have their own businesses or you know they do side jobs and you know whatever it is that they decide to do that they do on the side or that they personally started a little company, you know, we're, we're going to talk to them. We're going to post up new episodes and we're going to hopefully spread their, their company out there. That way people can find them. Cool. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, for anyone listening to, if you would like to come on or um, if you know anyone that has a small business, just uh, reach out to us. Um, we'll put our Instagram our Instagram handles in the description as well as our Twitter handle. So if you, if you guys know somebody or would like to come on yourself, just reach out to us. We would uh, love to have you on. Definitely. Yeah. So like Frankie said, if you know anybody or if you've got yourself a small business, reach out to us, you know, we want to, we want to interview as many possible, as many people as possible and, Hopefully we can get everybody's business out there and we can help out the community somehow. Hey man, sounds good. Well, on that note, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Cool, man. Cool. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got a special treat for you. Joining us today is a man who pitched eight years in the big leagues and was known for his knuckleball and something else that we will definitely get into a little bit later. <laughs> please welcome dennis springer how's everybody doing tonight doing good man doing good, doing good. On. absolutely thank you for joining us yeah no this is cool thank you we've uh we're we're the dumbest show ever and we don't know how we're getting <laughs> guests but people seem to like it so <laughs> well that's good you're doing something right i guess huh I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what all it takes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, how's everything going, man? How's um, we um, you're a firefighter, correct? 
That's that's right. Yeah. Soon as I uh, soon as I got out of baseball, that was always one of my dreams. I always kind of joked around that uh, baseball actually got in the way of me being becoming a firefighter. So, <laughs> how's that going, man? We know everything, especially around this area. Uh, you know, it's going crazy right now. How's that? How's that? How's that been going? You know, you know, it it has been crazy the last couple of months. Uh, you know, it all it started. You know, a couple of fires here, a couple of fires there. Nothing really serious, and then all of a sudden. You know the fire up, uh, you know, just to the east of us, you know, and then uh, it really took off. And and fortunately, we've we've been able to have some guys to help out. And uh, you know, but it, it it's tough because when when guys leave, we have to backfill too. <clears throat> so we're uh, we're not a big fire department. So when we send out five guys, that's that's about. Oh, 20% of our fire department. So, Oh shit. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Yeah, man. Well, I can say, I can speak for both of us. You know, we respect the hell out of what you do, man. Uh, no, it's not easy, but yeah, man, respect, respect what you do. Um, yeah, thank, thank you for what you do. I mean, it's, it's not you, easy. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, how many, do you have like a set schedule or is it kind of just everywhere right now? No, our, our schedule that we work, we work uh, two days on and four days off. Mm. So we, uh, we go to the fire station and, you know, that's our house and we take care of it like a house, but uh, there's a lot, you know, a lot of things we have to do. We work typically an eight to five schedule, you know, we're busy eight to five uh, training, uh, taking care of our equipment um you know like i said lots of lots of training but we're really busy we we run our department probably runs between 15 and 20 calls a uh, a 24 hour period mm-hmm. so you know you got to be ready to go and um at any time you know think the bell can go off and you never know what you're going to get mm-hmm. that's that's a wild time all right so you became a firefighter as soon as you got out of the MLB. Yeah, I um, 2002 was my last year, mm-hmm. and I, I started uh, getting. You know, I took a month or two off after the season, played a little golf, and uh, oh, yeah. had a couple of little little boys running around the house, so taking care of them. But uh, I started getting ready for the for the you know 2003 season. And it just, uh, it wasn't happening. Uh, I had become a free agent after the, uh, the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, my agent would call me and say, well, I talked to so-and-so, so-and-so, and, you know, nobody's interested at this point. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, 16, 16 years, a lot of travel, um, mm-hmm. you know, had, had a couple little boys at home at the time. They were, they were like one and three and, I just uh, had lost a little bit of the drive uh-huh. and I knew that, uh, you know, I, I was kind of an up and down guy the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have, I wasn't set up. I, I never made the, the multi-millions like some of these guys do that I could just retire. So I always knew that if I was going to get on with my dream of being my second dream of becoming a firefighter, that I knew I had to get going on it. And, and, uh, so I did, I, uh, I called my agent and I basically said, Hey, 
I think it's time that I, uh, you know, step away and and I did and I, I was lucky I was very fortunate I, I got into a EMT class right away I got into a fire academy that that next fall and uh, you know Hanford was hiring and uh, I got I got hired by Hanford where are you from originally I'm from Fresno oh, I grew I grew up uh, in the Fresno High area and uh, went to Washington Union High School. Um, I, I lived in the Fresno High area. I got a transfer out to uh, Washington Union. My dad was actually the principal at Washington Union and had been a teacher and everything there. So uh, he, he was like, hey, is there any chance you want to go to Washington Union? And I was like, yeah, I'll go out there. <laughs> and so it ended up being a really good deal for me as far as uh, you know, my dad, my, my relationship with my dad grew. Um, but, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm five, nine, I was about 170, 175 pounds and I wasn't that big city athlete. Uh, wow. so, you know, going to a smaller school out in the country, uh, worked out good for me. And, and, uh, and I really enjoyed those, those years. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, that actually gets us right into where we're going to go next. Uh, so you went uh, four years at Union? Yep, yep. Uh, how many of those years did you play at varsity? I I actually got called up to varsity like during the Easter tournament of my sophomore year. Uh-huh. Uh, myself and another another guy got called up. Uh, they needed a couple extra guys and, and uh, I thought I was going to be the guy going out in the outfield, but Luckily, I got to. I was a, I was the little second baseman, you know. I was the sophomore on the varsity because we we had a we had a pretty good team that year. We we went all the way to the valley finals. So um, now I got called up my sophomore year. I didn't pitch after I got called up to varsity. I didn't pitch one inning that year. It wasn't until the next year that I started pitching again. So when did you start throwing? When did you learn a knuckleball? You know, the knuckleball was actually one of those things that um, I forgot to turn my phone down. So sorry. Um, the knuckleball was something that I actually always kind of toyed around with, even, you know, like in junior high and all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of, every kid kind of throws a knuckleball. And, um, but my high school coach wouldn't let me throw it. Um, you know, I threw a fastball, curveball, slider, and had good control, and I didn't really need it. And then uh, I started throwing it again a little bit when I got to college because, you know, once you get to college, you start getting the better, you know, players and, mm-hmm. and athletes. And, um, you know, so I, I, I went to Reedley, or back then it was Kings River, and I threw a little bit there, and then uh, – and I say when I threw it a little bit, it was basically when I got like an 0 and 2 count or a 1 and 2 mm-hmm. count. That, that was about the only time I, I really threw it. So at what point did you start getting a really comfortable throwing it? I think, <clears throat> well, I think, you know, when I went to Fresno State, Coach Bennett gave me the confidence, hey, throw it. You know, it's a good pitch. And uh, like, but still, again, I was – you know, the O two count, the one, two count, uh, it wasn't where I threw it, 
you know, 50% of the time I, I threw it, you know, depending on the game, you know, uh, like I said, if I got 0-1, 0-2, then I would throw it. Um, and then during my senior year, um, a scout, a couple scouts basically said, you know, you, your knuckleball has some potential, um, you know, but it's because of the knuckleball. And mm. so I did get drafted. And then, uh, you know, up in, I went to Great Falls, Montana. That was the, the Dodgers rookie ball uh, team back then. And uh, I got through the season, but when I went through, I went to instructional league after the season, they said, here's, here's what we're going to do with you. We want you to become a knuckleball pitcher. Mm-hmm. So what, what they basically did, we, they said, we don't, we don't care about your statistics. Uh, you know, we want you to develop. And so they said, you have one pitch per inning not to throw a knuckleball. So, you know, so bases loaded and 3-0 counts and they just wanted me to throw it. And, uh, you know, so I kind of took off, you know, I I knew that became my number one pitch. You know, it wasn't a fastball. It wasn't a slider. So... Uh, there was kind of some method behind their madness. That's wild for them to be like, yeah, you know what? You can throw um, one other pitch. But other yeah. that, we just want to see knuckleball. Well, I mean, they they knew at that point, you know, I was, <laughs> like I said, I was five foot nine, 180 pounds, 185 pounds. And, and I threw 84, 85 mile an hour fastballs. And, you know, but it was just that opportunity that I threw something that was different. Uh, you know, at the time there was only two or three guys in the big leagues that were throwing knuckleballs. There was a couple guys in the minor leagues throwing knuckleballs. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers had had Charlie Huff and, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, they saw some potential in it and they, they gave me every opportunity to, to grow with them as far as, like I said, throwing the knuckleball. That's awesome. That's a wild time. Yeah, everybody's everybody throws a knuckleball, and everybody thinks that their knuckleball is the greatest knuckleball of all time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. Played, um, two years at Reedley. I played two years at Reedley, and then uh, you know during. Fortunately, what happened was. Uh, during during my time at Reedley, during the fall, we would go up to Fresno State and scrimmage them every Tuesday and Thursday. So <clears throat> almost every Thursday, I would pitch against Fresno State. And that gave uh, Coach Bennett, Coach Rupsich, um, you know, the opportunity to see me pitch quite a bit. And, you know, I threw decent enough that uh, all of a sudden I got a phone call from Fresno State and they said, hey, we'd like to, you know, take you out to dinner and uh, have you come come visit the school, uh, you know, sit in the dugout during the game, which was, man, that was, that was a dream. That, that was a dream. I, I grew up, uh, you know, five miles from Fresno State, going to Fresno State baseball games, um, you know, I can remember a guy by the name of John Hoover. Mm-hmm. He was a first 
team, first team All-American uh, out of Fresno High. He went to Fresno State right away and, was, you know, had a four-year career, first-round draft choice, U.S. Olympics, all that kind of stuff. And I can remember going and seeing him, you know, pitch and, and just uh, loved, you know, loved Fresno State baseball. So were there any schools, other schools at that point that I reached out to you or was it just Fresno State? Um, not really. It was, it was basically, um, it was basically Fresno State. I, I had a couple, but I, I knew that, you know, <clears throat> I, I, it wasn't like scholarships and things like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, you know, it, back at that time, you know, you, you, we were just very kind of, uh, middle class. I couldn't afford to go anywhere just to, you know, so I could play baseball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I could, when I went to Fresno State, I lived at home and, and I wasn't on a scholarship or, you know, I was basically a walk-on, you know, so that was it. I, I kind of took, took that one and ran with it. So going from, uh, to, from Fresno State playing for Coach Bennett, um, that's obviously got to be something special you know especially with you know his passing yeah you know you know the the tradition of fresno state baseball you know you 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 go back to coach biden you know and then there's coach bennett and now it's coach you know batesel and uh you know it, it uh it's got a rich tradition and uh to be able to be a part of that you know and you know, and then you go into pro baseball and you, you, you play with guys that, you know, are Florida State and Texas and Fullerton State and Stanford. And, you know, they'll always say, oh, yeah, you know, we made a trip to Fresno, man. That was, that was a good trip. You guys played good baseball. Well, yeah. You know, look at, look at the history of Fresno State baseball. You know, a lot, a lot of good athletes came out of Fresno State. Yeah, it always seems like, the bigger schools always come down and they're always surprised about how good Fresno state actually is. And it's just like, you know, it's a D one school also, just like you guys. So. Yeah. Well, I can, I can remember when I was at Fresno state and um, USC came into town and, you know, they were big powerhouse and, you know, big, big guys. I mean, heck they, they recruited all over the country, you know, they didn't just recruit out of Southern California, but they, I could remember them ragging on me, you know, uh, just, Hey, you know, you're so small. When are you going to grow? And <laughs> you know, all, all this crazy stuff. And, and at Fresno state under, under coach Bennett, you know, we, we didn't rag, you know, we, we supported our team and, and, you know, and, and we just played baseball. And uh, so these guys from Southern California, you know, they come into town and just started bragging on us. And, you know, ended up, we just beat the beat the daylights out of them. I, th- I think we won like 10 to nothing or something like that. So, yeah, so that was pretty cool, you know. Pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So, um, <laughs> yeah, how many, how many years uh, did you spend in the minor leagues? I... I spent six years, uh, six years with the Dodgers. And then, 
um, what was that? I went to the Phillies for two years. So it wasn't until my second year with the Phillies that I finally got a, a September call up. And, um, you know, and actually it was about three weeks. Um, <laughs> when we were, we were in AAA and actually we were, uh, we were on a road trip and I was pitching against Eddie Zosky. So I got a, I got a chance, you know, uh, before the game, after the game to, to, you know, hang out with Eddie Zosky a little bit. And, you know, the rumor was that, you know, we were going to get called up to the big leagues. And so he was all excited. And, uh, you know, so after the game, you know, the manager called us in the office and he said, Hey, you're going to the big leagues, but the only issue is they're on the West coast and they don't, they're not going to call They're not going to fly you clear across town or clear across the country and then fly you, you know, then you have to come back for like two games or three games, whatever it was. And so they said on Friday, you're going to meet the team in Philadelphia. So, uh, yeah, so it, it took me eight years to finally get my first call up. So I, I was 30 years old when I first got called up. So they just crazy. had you wait basically until the end of the week when they were in Philadelphia. Yeah. The, uh, the double a team had been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, oh. uh, so they told us, Hey, just go down to the double a team and work out with them and throw bullpens. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, I, I would go to the game and run and throw a bullpen and then, you know, go kind of hang out. And yeah, it was, I don't know, four or five days before they got back to Philadelphia. And then, you know, like on a Friday night, we, uh, you know, here we, you know, that, and that was my second year. And, and the, the year before was, was the strike year, you know, in 94. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the, I'd never gone to spring training. Uh, the only guys I really knew were on the, the team that I played with that year in AAA because there was no spring training. And uh, so it was kind of weird walking into a clubhouse and all of a sudden here's all these big name guys that, you know, uh, cause they were only a year or two off of that world series uh, team, you know, the Mitch Williams and, you know, all those uh, Darren Dalton and, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, me and another guy that got called up together, we, we had lunch together and then, you know, we went over to the ballpark like one o'clock, like a couple of little kids getting ready for a little league game, you know. And we walked into in. Yeah, we were, you know, hey, we didn't know where we were going. We didn't know where to park our cars. Um, <laughs> yeah, we walk in and, hey, where's the, where's the Phillies clubhouse, you know, and somebody had to point our way. Tell us where to go. Uh, no fans allowed in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Who are you guys? You guys don't look like baseball players. <laughs> so what was that whole, that whole call-up experience like? What was going through your mind at the time? Did you make any phone calls? Oh, you know, it was, like, like I said, uh, about a month earlier, uh, we were on a road trip and the guy that I got called up with, we would, we would always go to the back of the bus. They had a, a table set up so you could play cards on the bus or something, you know, he and I would play cards together and our pitching coach came back and he says, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, you guys are going to get a call up to the big leagues. You'll be playing cards in on, not on the bus, but on the plane, you know, yeah. like, dude, shut up. 
you know, don't don't tell us that, you know, because yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, then we're going to be upset, you know. But um, yeah, he 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 called it. He goes, well, he goes, you know, usually the manager gets gets you know to tell the guys they're getting called up, but he goes, I really, you know, you guys are my. It was our pitching coach, you know, and he was like, you guys are awesome, and and he goes, I I just want to tell you, you know, you guys are getting called up, and so it was just. Like I said, it was just a matter of time, you know, the waiting for the last game of the season in AAA. Yeah. And then after the game, you know, we're like, you know, kind of breathing hard and hey, what's going on? What's going on? You know, and and you know, we're walking up the tunnel and finally we hear the manager, hey, hey Chuck, hey Dennis, I need to see you. You know, holy cow, man, that that heart just starts pumping and you know, it, it's the um, you know finally getting to that point that you get called up, you know, and it, it's just, yeah, I could, you know, I get back to the hotel and I called my mom and dad and, you know, of course this was before cell phones or not before cell phones, but before everybody had cell phones. Right. And uh, I called my mom and dad and they weren't home. I called my, one of my older brothers and he wasn't home. I called my best friend. He wasn't home. Uh, I think I made about six phone calls before I finally got somebody to answer the phone. <laughs> you're like, just trying to tell somebody the name. <laughs> yeah, somebody, you know. But it, it's it's uh, it's an amazing feeling, uh, and not only the first time I I got called up several times. Uh, you know, I'd be in AAA, and you know, and and when you're in AAA, you really you know pay attention to what's going on in the big leagues. You know because. Hey, you're just a phone call away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? If someone gets hurt. Yeah, and, and you know, or or even in AAA, a lot of times the TV was on in in the clubhouse, and you know, or or they would have the computer and they're they're watching the you know the game uh, through statistics, you know, or you know, like the you know how they do it now, you know, not a live TV, but. You know, like the, the balls and strikes and yeah, the online version, you yeah. know, and all of a sudden it would say, you know, so and so, you know, hurt or something like that. And you know, a lot of times in AAA you're you're sitting in the dugout and all of a sudden the trainer's phone rings. You know, his he, he had a cell phone, you know, and like, ooh, somebody's getting called up, you know, who's getting called <laughs> up? You know? And you know, it, it's in some of those times they would take a guy off the field like right now, you know, you wouldn't finish an inning. They'd say, Hey, you know, like I played with, I played with uh, Raul Mondesi in AAA. Hey, get him off the field right now. And all of a sudden, Hey, Mondesi, come on in, you know, and take him out of the game right there. Yeah. 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 That's always the, that's always the craziest thing, but now, you know, you see it in the MLB and it's because guys are getting traded, you know? Yeah. You yeah. hardly get to see the AAA guys on TV, you know, unless you go to the games. But the chances of you seeing that happen live is probably really rare. Yeah, yeah. But and even you know, like, like, um, you know, and, and what's kind of a sad part about that? You know, get called up to the big leagues. There, there's, you know, a couple things that you you either do really, really good yourself and you deserve to get called up or somebody gets hurt or somebody does bad. 
you know, and, you know, if you're, if you're playing on it, look at those teams of, you know, like the Atlanta Braves during the nineties, you know, Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, uh, you know, uh, Terry Mulholland, Pete Smith, they, they had, they had guys that they never got hurt. Never got, they just went through and through. Yeah. So if you're a starting pitcher with the Braves in the early nineties, mid nineties, you know, good luck, you know, (laughs) never going to get the field. Yeah. And so, you know, and that, and that's the way some teams are, you know, they, you know, during my time, my six years with the Dodgers, they didn't call up people like they do now. You know, you, you were on the team. And if you did really bad, yeah, you, you would get sent down or do something like that. But it wasn't like like now it's crazy the amount of transactions they go through now each year. Yeah, that's that's got to be something to, to witness, you know, while you're in the dugout and you see one of your teammates get pulled off the dugout. And it's like, yo, you're going up, so we got to get you out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times uh, when it happens is, is, uh, well, heck, I was, I was with the Angels and, and our AAA team at the time was in uh, Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody had cars and not everybody had, you know, uh, a lot of the guys were not married, you know, and I lived with three other guys in an apartment. We didn't have a phone. It was basically, you know, we just threw some uh, <laughs> blow-up mattresses on the floor, and you know, we just kind of lived there while we were playing baseball. And um, one of my buddies knocked on my door at midnight. You know, and he says, "Hey, uh, they called me to get a hold of you. You're going, you're going up to the big leagues." And so I was already home. I didn't have a, I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have an apart uh, phone in our apartment. You know, so uh, yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of weird. You know, so I, I had to go back to the ballpark, pack up, you know, my, my equipment bag. And then I had a, like a 530 flight out of Vancouver up to, uh, down, down to LA, you know, for the, to the angels. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I had a personal um, messenger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and then one year, um, I was with Tampa Bay. Uh, so I had a house in Fresno. I had an apartment in Tampa Bay and then I got sent down to triple a was the Durham bulls. So I got sent down to triple a. So I, I had an apartment there. So I, I had a house in Fresno, an apartment in Tampa and a, an apartment in, in Durham. And I was on a road trip. And again, my manager called at six 30 in the morning and I was asleep and I, he said, hey, uh, congratulations, pack your bags, you're going back up to Tampa. Well, my wife was in Durham, so I called her, and she packed up the, the car and all of our stuff in the apartment, and uh, she got on the road and drove about 12 hours up to, you know, down to Tampa. So it's, it's crazy. There, there are a lot of things that people don't understand, you know, about – behind the scenes of, of mm. baseball absolutely yeah they the it, it seems like everybody just gets the glimpse of you know the guys living the million dollar mansions and, <laughs> but they don't get to see what it took to get to that point you know playing double yeah. a single a and working for pennies of the dollar yeah 
Yeah. You know, and, and you're, you know, it's, you're so busy doing your thing and then, you know, you get married and you have a kid and, you know, my, so my wife was taking care of the kid and she was being our traveling, our traveling secretary and <laughs> getting, getting the apartment and, you know, doing that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it, it was teamwork, you know, to get things done. Yeah, for sure. So um, what day did you make your uh, first start? Um, I'm not sure the exact date. It was, uh, we, you know, so it's the September call-ups. I, I want to say it was about September 8th or something like that. Um, we had, uh, we had a series in Philadelphia, uh, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I didn't pitch. And then on, uh, after the game on Sunday, we flew up to Montreal and uh, I pitched the like the Thursday game in Montreal, and uh, you know that I didn't even know I was going to pitch up there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, like two days before, you know, hey, you're going to pitch on Thursday in Montreal. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty exciting. Yeah, were you not a, nervous? Not a whole lot of it? not a whole lot of sleep that night, you know. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Were you, uh, were the nerves flowing leading up to that point? Well, yeah, I mean, but I think one of the things that was kind of cool about it was, you know, at the time, Montreal was only getting, you know, four or five, 10,000 people at the most. Yeah. And I had, all, you know, I had, I had pitched in front of that before, you know, so uh, it wasn't like walking into Yankee Stadium for your first game, you know, it was like walking into Montreal and you know, seven thousand people, maybe eight thousand people. So, and in a, a stadium as big as their stadium was, you know, that's nothing. Yeah, they so, had a huge stadium. Yeah, so it was kind of just like pitching in a another triple A game. So, yeah, I was nervous, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Only pitching in front of you know eight thousand fans compared to fifty five thousand watching you. Yeah, and screaming at you. <laughs> <laughs> How did the? Uh, did you throw a lot of knuckleballs in that debut? Oh yeah, I mean at at that point uh, of my career, I was I was throwing seventy five, eighty, eighty five percent of of the time I was throwing knuckleballs. So, you know, if you, if I was throwing a hundred, hundred pitches, I was throwing 80, 85 knuckleballs. And, um, you know, I, I had kind of gone through the whole, uh, you know, eight years of, of pitching in the minor leagues and learning my lesson that, you know, my number one pitch was the knuckleball. So if I was going to get beat, you know, like a, a three, two pitch, if I was going to get beat, it was going to get, I was going to get beat with my knuckleball, you know? So I, like I, like I said earlier, my number one pitch was the knuckleball. And, uh, you know, if I had runners on second and third and, you know, uh, I didn't want to get beat with a fastball or slider that were just, you know, kind of at that stage, mediocre to good, you know, pitches. Uh, but my knuckleball was my main pitch, you know, so. That's so 
you mentioned having a house here in Fresno and then having an apartment. How, how did you guys have to go about that if you had to just pick up everything and then move on to the next one? Well, you know, you, you, uh, <laughs> a lot of, I don't know how many times I did it, but I would, I had a, uh, like a Ford Explorer and then I had a Ford Expedition and I would, I would just, we would jam pack that sucker full of all of our, you know, our bedding and pots and pans and dishes and things like that. And we would, uh, we would ship it, you know, I, I shipped it to, uh, I shipped it to Florida and then I shipped it from spring training up to Scranton, Pennsylvania or Norfolk, Virginia or wherever I was. And, you know, a couple, a couple times we had somebody stay in our house in Fresno, you know, friends for us or, you know, stuff like that. Or, um, and then, you know, after spring training, you, you basically, they give you three days to find a, find an apartment and it's just, it's word of mouth, um, you know, at spring training, you know, you're down in Florida or you're in Arizona and you kind of know that, Hey, I'm going triple a, you know, especially the last week of spring training, they start making their teams mm -hmm. and the word of mouth gets out. Oh yeah. When, you know, when we stay in, uh, uh, Vancouver, th these are the apartments where a lot of the guys stay or, you know, Hey, Fresno, the Fresno Grizzlies, you know, these are where a lot of the guys stay. So, you know, they kind of, a lot of these apartment complexes will send, you know, the pamphlets and things like that for you to uh, try to decide where you're going to live. So, so it's but like not, I said, so it's, go ahead. It's, uh, it's, it's, so basically like the apartment complexes actually help you out. So if you do get called out, oh, yeah. you guys have to move and leave that they don't hold it against you guys. Yeah. Usually, uh, the, the big league team will reimburse you, you know, like, let's say I get called up, um, you know, June 10th and we paid the month's rent. Mm -hmm. uh, once you get up to the big leagues, they'll, they'll reimburse you for, you know, all, all this, all your bills that you paid for. Yeah. But the, yeah. the apartment complexes, yeah, they usually, they don't, you know, have the six month lease and things like that. You can, you know, just get out of your lease at any time. Yeah, just like a month to month thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's always good to know them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you, threw, you threw a couple complete games, correct? Yeah, I I can't I can't tell you how many exactly, but yeah, I, you know, that was, um, <laughs> it's one of the things that kind of bothers me now. I, I love seeing a pitcher going eight or nine innings, you know, mm -hmm. so. Um, yeah, I had a few, uh, in the big leagues. I, I, I know one year, I think with the Florida Marlins, I had four complete games, uh, that one year. So I took pride in that, you know, uh, I, I felt like I was helping the team where maybe I'd give the bullpen guys a night off or, you know, things like that. I, I wasn't, um, I knew myself that I wasn't that guy that was going to be the uh, Cy Young winner, the number one pitcher. Uh, you know, I was the guy that could help the team out. Uh, you know, if, if the night before we went 15 innings and the bullpen got, you know, uh, overused, well, the next day, Hey, 
I'll keep me in there. I'll, I'll give up the run. I'll give up four or five runs, but keep me in there. I'll, I'll be all right. You know? And uh, I had a couple of years where I had almost 200 innings in the big leagues, you know, and that's, that's a big year. Definitely. So let's, let's, uh, so let's get into this real fast then. I mean, obviously I, you, you watched the world series. <laughs> there was a whole issue with Blake Snell coming out of that game at 70 pitches only. Yeah. How bad well, of a decision is that? Well, now, now it's, it's huge, right? Exactly. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely one of those coulda, woulda, shouldas. Um, you know, they, they had a plan, you know, and, and they stuck with that plan and, and it, it killed them. You know, that, that was the world series. Um, you know, um, I was, my, my family, uh, two years ago, we went back to Tampa Bay for the 20th anniversary of the opening season. And, uh, they gave us, uh, um, we met with the general manager and the president of the club uh, for 45 minutes or so. And I asked them, I said, Hey, on it, he said, obviously the, the, the game of baseball has changed since we all played. Uh, and, and basically I was talking about all the, you know, the statistics and analytics. Right. And I said, how much does your manager have, you know, decisions on the day-to-day basis. And he, he was like, you know, you'd be surprised that, you know, he goes, we have about 15 people working on statistics. And he goes, we supply our manager with all the information for him to be successful. Now, if he doesn't use it, you know, and we start losing, then that's when we start saying, hey, you need to start you know, looking at what we're giving you. And if he doesn't, then <laughs> they, they go a different direction, right? Um, but I, I honestly think that, you know, that wasn't just a Kevin Cash decision. I, th- I think that was probably made by the organization that if we get in this certain spot, you know, take him out of the game, this is who you're going to go with. You know, so I, I hated to see it. I was, you know, I was, I felt bad for him because obviously he wanted to stay in the game and, and he was filthy. He was nasty, mm-hmm. you know, and you heard that from all the guys from the Dodgers. They were, they were, you know, their eyes got big when they were taking Snell out of the game. Yeah. That, it's got to be a rough time. So well, I mean, that's that's your game, you know. And he yeah. he was winning, he was winning, and I've I've been on you know not at that stage of the game, but I've I've been in the dugout where they take me out of the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple runs score, and and you end up losing that game, and I can't imagine you know watching it from his point of view, you know, in the dugout where you know six games six game of the World Series, you know. Seventh game, sixth game, sixth game. Sixth game, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. You know, it's it's so it's a harder job than people think. You know, you're a manager, you make the right move, everyone praises you. You know, if if the reliever would have came in and held it down, they praise him for making that move and taking him out early. But since they took him out early and it went south, you know, they try to blame the manager. 
So it's just well, you know, Roberts had made the move with Kershaw the night before, two nights before. Yeah. You know, Kershaw, Kershaw pitched, uh, you know, like five and two thirds innings, and goes out that one inning and throws two pitches and has two outs. Two outs, yeah. You know, and they they replaced him now. You know, my thinking was it wasn't so much taking Kershaw out as it was giving Dustin May that opportunity to pitch with nobody on base with two outs. You know, if <clears throat> if he walks the guy, he has a guy on first with two outs. And he, you know, he he I think that gave him the opportunity to get acclimated to the situation, you know, the World Series. You know, and he's a rookie. He he hadn't been through that kind of thing, um, so I don't I don't know if it was so much for the Kershaw move as it was to give uh, May the opportunity to come in without you know anybody on base, and it was two outs at, at that point. So yeah. there's there's a lot of thinking into it. Oh yeah, May had been struggling a little before that too. So to get him in with two outs, you know, get his confidence going, and then yeah, he held it down the rest of the postseason. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's been. I don't. I don't know. For me, I'm a Giants <laughs> fan. It didn't matter to me, so I didn't care. But, oh, sure, man. Sure, did. Who, who are you kidding, man? Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about it. It was long overdue for his Dodgers fans. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. It's been. Uh, it was a. It was nice to see. It, it was nice to see the Rays, you know, get to that point, though, and actually get a chance to be there in that position because they had a good team going in last year. Yep. And, you know, they really, really – everybody was around that thinking, you know, are they going to be able to repeat what they've been doing? And it shows that they actually were able to, to accomplish what they needed to do. Obviously, they didn't yeah. get the, the end game, but, you know, it's a good way to build. Well, that's <clears> – <throat> you know uh, – we saw that two years ago when we were able to go back for that little, we were only there a couple of days, but we could see the, uh, the quality of the organization that Tampa Bay has come and uh, they'll be back. I mean, you know, they've, they've got some unbelievable talent and I, I think their, uh, their minor league system has, uh, you know, developed and, you know, they, they're always trading that one or two guys and getting three or four guys back that are, you know, go to the minor leagues that are a year or two, two years away. But, you know, you look at their pitching, holy cow, you know, that, that bullpen. And uh, they've got a couple of really good starting pitchers that are still really young. Yeah. 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 They're, we, uh, they're a young team. They're going to, they're going to have a bright future for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Me and my wife got to go. We were uh, in Florida last year. We went to Disney World, but our, our first, our first Sunday there, we made the trip to go to St. Petersburg, and we went to go see the Rays play, and they were playing the Blue Jays. So that was a good game. They ended up beating them like 11 to 2. So it was a good time. Yeah. Well, hopefully <clears throat> hopefully Tampa Bay can uh, – you know, when we were there two years ago, they were showing us plans for a brand-new stadium hmm. uh, actually across the bay over in Tampa Bay. Oh, really? And, uh, kind of a you know touristy area so hopefully hopefully they'll get that stadium and and they'll uh, get a better fan base than what they have now yeah because even then it was 
We went on a Sunday, so the Buccaneers were playing too that day, and they were home. So oh, there was nobody there then. They, uh, it was empty. They had the whole top, uh, whole third row. It was just all closed down. Yeah. We, we moved around a little bit because the guy sitting behind me was telling his kids lies. So I was like, I need to go. <laughs> yeah. So talking about fields, um, I want to ask you a question. Out of all the fields, you know, you've played at, you've had the chance to travel to. Which one has been your favorite? You know, I I didn't get a chance to go to all the stadiums, uh, especially all the new ones. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I loved Baltimore. Um, I loved uh, Cleveland, and then uh, you know, Colorado was a beautiful stadium too. And uh, just as long as I didn't have to pitch there, I, I had I was a good. Gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I think I got skipped in the rotation a couple times just so that I wouldn't have to pitch there. But uh, no, I, I, I think probably my favorite ballpark was, was at the time was Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, they were fun. And then, and then, you know, I got to go with uh, the Dodgers uh, in 2001 um, into San Francisco. And that was just, you know, that was electric, you know, because, because of, uh, you know, Barry Bonds and, and, uh, you know, nine 11, it just happened. Um, you know, the, the towers and, and baseball was suspended. So mm-hmm. when they, uh, when they started the season up again, uh, you know, we finished the last weekend, uh, of the season in, in San Francisco and, you know, Barry Bonds was having that crazy year he was having. So, it was that was pretty exciting too, and that, and that's a great, that's an absolute beautiful ballpark too. Definitely. Well, I guess since we're at that point, we might as well, we might as well uh, segue into this. I, I knew so, this. You, you had to wait <laughs> half an hour to get into this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we want everybody to listen to the whole episode, not just a little part. <laughs> they got to wait till the end for all the great good stuff. So, October 7th, 2001. What happened that day? You're pitching in San Francisco, and you're pitching to Barry Bonds. He hits home run number 73 and breaks the season record. What? Uh, take us through that whole process and what was going on that day. Well, <clears throat> okay, so we fly into town on uh... – Late, late Thursday night, you know, for, I forget, uh, from San Diego, I think. And um, before, before you have a weekend series, you have meetings. And uh, we used to have advanced scouts. So I think we were playing down in San Diego the three games before. So we, we had a scout in San Francisco, you know, telling us everything that they were doing. And then when we fly into town, we go over their scouting report. And uh, we were like, well, how are we going to pitch Barry? Well, we're going to pitch Barry to win. You know, so if if we, you know, if, if it's second and third and first base is open, we're going to walk Barry. You know, or, you know, runner on second with, with one out, we're going to walk Barry. Or runner, whatever it was, we were going to pitch to win. 
Now, if it was two outs and nobody on base, we're going to try to get him out, you know, or, uh, cause I mean, he, he did, he did get out every once in a while, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, Friday night he had two home runs, uh, and then he took Saturday night off, uh, you know, end of the season was on Sunday. So he took Saturday night off. And I didn't find out that I was going to pitch until um, five o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, Somebody else, somebody else was going to pitch and, and I think he had hurt his thumb or pulled the, pulled the nail off of his thumbnail or something. And uh, they said, Hey, why don't you let Dennis pitch? So I didn't find out until, you know, game time on, on Saturday night. So anyway, um, you know, the next day came and, and, um, first I got the first guy out, got the second guy, uh, got the first guy out, second guy I walked, we threw him out trying to steal. Yeah. So I got, <laughs> I had two out and, and, you know, I had Barry Bonds come up and I had him a uh, full count and I threw him a knuckleball and, and as soon as he hit it, I was you know, it, it wasn't like a, a no doubter, but it was a, you know, I was like, oh, crap, that's probably a home run, you know. And honestly, uh, by the time he got to about second base, I was wondering how many people had called my cell phone and texted me, you know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I mean, that guy was unbelievable talent, you know. So uh, he wasn't, wasn't my first home run. It wasn't my last home run. That's that's one way to put it, but I mean that home run's probably got a lot more. It, it definitely gave you a lot more buzz on that one. Well, that's you know I, I tell people you know my whole career that's my claim to fame you know. <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah, it was you know it, it's a trivia question. It it was a, I think it was a Jeopardy question. It, yeah, uh, it was. You know so. It was, it's fun. And, and, you know, I, people give me a bad time about it all the time. So still, you know, still. No bad times you, here though. All good times. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know the situation when you were throwing to him? Oh yeah. You mean, you mean that he, he could break the record or. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, we had, you know, talked about it and, in fact, they were they were kind of messing around. The the team guys were like, "Hey, if that ball, you know, like hits off the foul pole and bounces back in, you know, stick that in the pocket. And don't let anybody have it because that ball is going to be, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a whole documentary on that ball. Oh yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, but they were trying to say, hey, if yeah, if that ball comes back in, you know, put it in your back pocket. Don't let, you know, don't let the people have it, you know? Yeah. The, the, one of the funniest things, um, I think it was the, the Friday night when, cause Barry had hit a couple of home runs, but one time he popped up and, and it wasn't a home run, but somebody in the right field pavilion had a baseball and they threw it out in the, uh, McCovey Cove. And so some, somebody thought that there was a home run ball and it, you know, they, it wasn't a home run ball. Somebody had actually 
threw it out of the stadium. And, and so, you know, all these, all these kayakers had, had, you know, started going towards that ball and realized that it wasn't a home run ball. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> that's someone there just going, you know what, I'm going to ruin somebody's day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, they probably jumped out of the back and go swimming and everything. Oh yeah. So did you ever, or, or did Barry ever reach out to you or anything like that? Or was it kind of just like, you know, that moment happened and then it was history? No, no. You know, he, uh, that was his own deal. He wasn't, you know, too much of a, uh, reaching out kind of a guy. So <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was his own guy, definitely. Yeah, so let's look over your whole career. Uh, we're going to ask you some fun questions here. Uh, what was your most memorable start that you made? Um, that was a couple. I mean, you know, when you pitch, uh, you pitch your very first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. And then um, – you know, I pitched a game in, in Miami against Greg Maddox that uh, I threw a complete game shutout and uh, beat Greg Maddox. So um, that's one. Uh, Tampa Bay had released me, and I had signed with the Florida Marlins and then came back into Tampa Bay to pitch against them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we won that game. You know, so it was kind of a, you know, hey, here here's to you. You know, you released mm-hmm. me. And yet I got to come back and beat you. So, um, and then, and then probably my all-time favorite player was Cal Ripken Jr. And I got to pitch against him in Baltimore. So, oh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you next. Actually, was there, uh, you know, a guy that you saw or a guy you pitched against? You know, obviously you just said Cal Ripken Jr., but. You know, was there anyone else you're like, oh, crap, like, you know, I'm in the big league. Like, was there anyone that kind of, like, starstruck you or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you watch all these players for years and years and years, you know, like going into Yankee Stadium. I mean, holy cow, that, you know, for somebody, um, you know, I, I had never been to a game in Yankee Stadium. And the first time you go there and you know the history and, you know, and then you're pitching against, you know, Derek Jeter and Wade Boggs and all those guys. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Because you, you don't think you're going to get that opportunity. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know if I ever was going to pitch in the big leagues. And all of a sudden you're there and, and, you know, you're pitching against a guy like Cal Ripken, Eddie Murray, you know, Wade Boggs, all these Hall of Famers, you know, Paul Molitor, yeah. you know. Cecil Fielder, you know, some of these guys, Barry Bonds. It's crazy. It really, yeah, it's pretty surreal. Man, that's been, that's definitely been something else, you know. Yeah, so uh, favorite teammate? Oh, you know, I, I, you're going to put me on the spot right there. I, I had a lot of good guys that I, I hung out with, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, go big time and, and say, when I was with the Florida Marlins, we hung out as a team. <clears throat> and I, and I think, you know, you get these teams that um, 
you have clicks, you know, the, the outfielders, the infielders, the pitchers, the catchers, whatever it is. Uh, but when I was with the Florida Marlins, it was in between those World Series teams. And, you know, we would we'd play a Sunday day game and then, you know, 15 of us with our wives, we, we'd all go out to eat together as a group or, you know, we'd go on a road trip and, you know, there'd be after a game, you know, be, you know, 12, 15 of us go out as a team. <clears throat> and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But a lot of guys that, you know, uh, Jim Masir, Todd Green, Jorge Fabregas, um, Mike Lowell, Kevin Millar, you know, a lot of really, really good guys that, that I got a chance to play with. That's awesome. Uh, a game that you got to watch that you weren't starting, was there any, uh, you know, memorable game that you got to watch just from the dugout? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the game, um, you remember the game that Jimmy Edmonds made the catch of a lifetime where he was oh, running the center? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's one of those games. Um, that was in Kansas City, you know, and we're – here we are in the dugout and we're watching the game. We're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he just caught that. So we, you know, half, half the team went running back up in the clubhouse so we could watch it on replay, you know, um, you know, and then <clears throat> I wasn't there, um, but I was with the Mets in 2000 and, you know, that was the year they went to the world series with the Yankees. So, you know, to watch it on TV and to realize that, you know, I was there earlier in the year. Uh, that was that was kind of crazy too. Yeah, definitely. Um, favorite clubhouse for out of all the teams you played for, which one was your was your favorite? Um, probably Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they had spent. You know, the the year that I was with Tampa Bay was a, it was a brand new you know brand new team, and they had fixed up uh, the Tropicana Field to where you know, it was, it was nice. You know, the, the part that people don't get to see the clubhouse, the weight rooms, um, you know, the lounge area, cause you know, every stadium has an eating area where they feed you after the game. Um, that was pretty cool. The batting cages, the tunnels, you know, under, underneath the stadium, that probably Tampa Bay. Sweet. Um, let's go food next. Uh, what was your favorite restaurant? Like out of all, you know, you've got to travel a bunch. Which one would you? If you could pick one, which one would it be? Or you could even do top three if you want. I know we eat in a lot of places. <laughs> well, the advantage of playing with veterans is they they know where to eat, mm -hmm. and you know. So, um, I think we were in Detroit. And we were going to fly into Chicago. And they said, hey, as soon as we land, you know, we're going to go check into the hotel, but we're all going to go eat. And again, there was like 12 or 15 of us. And we went to a place in uh, in Chicago called Ron's of Japan. And it was one of these, you know, where they cook in front of you. Uh, oh, OK. But their but their specialty was the steak and lobster. Oh, my goodness. It was really good. And then. At the end of the dinner, the best part of it was the uh, the veterans. You know, they there was uh, let's see, Wade Wade Boggs was there, Fred McGriff was there, uh, Wilson Alvarez was there, and, and so what they did is they they throw their 
credit card in a hat, and then the waitress. Oh no! Waitress <laughs> picks up the uh, credit card, and that's that's who paid for dinner. So they, and my uh, my credit card was not in the hat, so that was the best part. That was the best part of it. I was just about to ask, did they try to get you to pay for dinner? No, no. Uh, I wasn't making the money. I wasn't making the money like they were. <laughs> How about you guys cover me on this one? Okay, I get the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Men not so well. out to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, that was every, every once in a while you go to, you know, you go to, uh, you know, Toronto had a Ruth Chris in the hotel that we stayed at. Um, you know, we went into Minneapolis and there was a, uh, Morton Steakhouse, which is known to be one of the, you know, top five in the country steakhouses. Mm -hmm. you know, so we definitely ate well. So now, uh, yeah, I'll ask you one more. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, are you doing any coaching or has anyone reached out to you to coach or anything like that? Well, I had, uh, I had coached my kids um, all the way from, you know, in Cal Ripken, uh, six, seven years old. Uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> when when my youngest was twelve, we had a uh, a really good team. We actually qualified to go to the Cal Ripken World Series back in Maryland. So uh, I was part of that. And then when we got into high school, uh, I coached the four years that my kids were in high school. And uh, this is last year was the first year that I hadn't coached, and. Uh, it's, it's kind of nice to take a little break. <laughs> so, where did yeah. you, uh, did, what, what a high school did you go to? Uh, Sierra Pacific. Sierra Pacific. Uh, so, yeah, so there's three high schools in Hanford there's Hanford High, Hanford West, and then mm -hmm. Sierra Pacific is about, about 11 or 12 years old now. So, it's kind of the new high school. And, uh, but yeah, we, I, my boy, both my boys had gone there and they're, they're a year apart. So I was able to coach, uh, coach over there for four years. And we had a really good program, we won the Valley championship one year. So that was nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do you have, do you have any like plans on going back? You kind of just, you know, in the moment right now, if it happens, it happens or. No, I think right now I'm good. Um, my youngest son is, uh, I have my older boys over at Cal Poly. Uh, going to school over there and he he's done with baseball mm -hmm. uh, but my youngest one is uh, at Fresno State so we're uh, my wife and I and we just plan on following him for the next few years so I don't want to coach and not be able to commit like I should if if uh, yeah I want to go watch my son you know so and your son's playing at Fresno State you said yep yep what position does he play He's a pitcher. Pitcher? Nah, he's teaching him the knuckleball. <laughs> no, no, he. Uh, oh, I missed it. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's a regular uh, regular style pitcher, uh, conventional style pitcher. He, you know, so hopefully he's he's uh, uh, he was a freshman last year, but because of the uh, COVID, everybody got their ears back. So he's actually a freshman again. And uh, looks like, you know, hopefully if, if things stay course to the course, uh, they will have a season. So um, the last he heard, they, they didn't have any fall practices or anything. They're kind of practicing on their own, you know, uh, 
trying to stay in shape and all that. So, um, looks like he he thinks they're going to start um, the first first week of January start practicing. So, as a, as a team. Oh, that's cool. Um, my dog's going crazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> people are outside yelling and honking. Yeah, so uh, what I was going to ask you, uh, do you know if they're going to, you know, allow fans or is that kind of still up in the air? I I don't. I don't. You know, they're not doing it for the football game, so <laughs> something something big time happens. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. So you still uh you still golfing? Is that your uh, yeah. your quarantine hobby or you have anything else that you're doing right now that <laughs> work? No, that's 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 it. And I'm when I was coaching, I was I was also doing the field. So I'd leave work and go over to the field and take care of the field for four or five hours. And mm-hmm. then I go to practice and then I take care of the field after practice, you know, so I was putting full days in and, and my golf game went south for a while. So, so yeah, that's what, uh, working and, and, uh, working and golfing now. Awesome. Well, on that note, Dennis, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day for this. No, that was cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, Steve Lee real quick. Uh, you know, my guy. He uh, he got us in touch, and yeah, I just want to give him a shout out. And yeah, man, it was it was a good conversation. You know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day and coming on. No, thank you, thank you guys. Definitely. Yeah, yes, it it was fun. It I had a good time. Awesome. Yeah. You know, that's, that's me and Frankie talk about it all the time and that's all we want. You know, we don't want everybody to come on and feel like, you know, we're just drilling them with questions. So we like to just let it flow and usually everybody has a good time. So, well, I think, you know, some of the things that came out was, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing, you know, and those are always fun. People don't, uh, don't realize what, the game of baseball really, you know, mm-hmm. takes, you know, we show up the game at, you know, six o'clock and we play a seven o'clock game and it's not really like that. It's, you know, so uh, to be able to share some of the information, is kind of fun. Awesome. Well, I mean, if you're more than well, uh, you're more than welcome to come back on. We would love to have you back on sometime. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Awesome. And then again, thank you for what you do for, you know, the fire department. We appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Just all next right, time, Dennis, take yeah. that, just next time, take that poster down. All right. You know what, for, Dennis, <laughs> for you, that. I will be in a different spot. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. All, all right, right, Dennis. Thank you again. Have a good night. All right, thanks. Uh, We thank you all for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed. We hope you like and subscribe. And if you got a few extra minutes, maybe give us a rate. Uh, Unless it's a one, please don't do that. (laughs) Just text us and tell us you don't like us. That'll be nice. Or text us and tell us you love us. Who knows? Yep, we appreciate. We accept all All feedback. All feedback. But for real though, don't rate one on on there. Don't do that.
Yeah, we hope we're doing just, better. Than just text us that. <laughs> we'll we'll get better on that note. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, always a pleasure was, getting to talk to you. Had a great always. guest, great episode in general. So always a good time. Another episode down, and long episode. way to go, brother. Absolutely. Hey, only one way to go from here, and that's straight up. Bingo. You're the man. Good talking to you, brother. Uh, Until the next one. Yep. Thank you, listeners. We will see you guys on the next episode of Seventh Inning Stretch.